0: Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Uh, listeners, you'll be very happy to hear that I'm not going to say this is a very special episode this week, even though I've said that every week for the last six weeks. I'm only saying it because I don't want to diminish the, what special really is, but to use a different word, uh, tonight is a very meaningful episode <laughs> because uh, for a lot of reasons. But my brother is joining us, Matt. Uh, you know, Probably my best friend in the world And somebody I don't get to see that much Because he's in LA and I'm in New York But last week uh, For those of you who heard last week's episode We talked a lot about reboots and comic books And I invoked his name a lot And we spoke on the phone uh, Soon after we recorded the episode And he said, hey man, anytime you want to talk about comic books Have me on So we booked him that night um, So Matt is back and Matt is here for the first time But Kat is back She was here last week and we started our like nerd tribunal, which I would say with the addition of Matt, Ming's already here, Kat's here. I'm like grasping at nerd credentials, but I really, I really, I think I have enough to get me through. Now I think our nerd tribunal is complete and I want to welcome everybody to our nerd tribunal, our first official nerd tribunal episode, which is in part a continuation of our conversation last week, which was about reboots and comic book movies. And somewhat of a transition into a conversation we hinted at at the end of that episode, uh, setting up this binary of uh, science fiction films and fantasy films, which, you know, if you heard the episode, you heard me advance this theory that uh, I, at least I personally, see a very strong distinction between science fiction films, spaceships and fantasy films, which usually have dragons. I'm more of a spaceships guy. Uh, and when I was a kid, my brother always told me, you kind of got to choose what kind of nerd you're going to be. And I chose spaceships and he chose spaceships, but then, and I'll let him explain himself. He kind of got pretty deep into the dragons and broadswords world as well, at least the Harry Potter stuff. So we're going to talk a a lot about, um, fantasy, science fiction, comic books, as much as we can get to, but welcome to our first official complete nerd tribunal episode of Margin Call.
1: Um, I hate ahead, correct, Matt. I hate to correct you already, but the correct term is geek. <laughs> geek. To, uh, to quote Milhouse from The Simpsons, nerds are smart. And there's no guarantee that I'm smart just because I know a lot about comic books. That's but true. A, really, the term for people that are overly enthusiastic about minutiae fiction is geek. So geek. you got you to gotta make geek. sure your lecture right. Wow. Geek
0: Tribunal. We have to rebrand yeah. it. That's a that's a very it's a very nerdy thing for you to do to correct me on my choice of. <laughs> I think that was like uses.
1: the eighties. Uh, the eighties uh, mm-hmm. self defining Trekkers versus yeah. Trekkies.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't even. You know, Star Trek came up on last week's episode too, where I revealed that I was a kind of a default next generation guy. And which got Pat very excited, but Eaming was like, oh, no. God. "Oh God!" Because that
2: is not what I said. Quit making up things. Mm-hmm. Gosh,
0: what did you say? Nothing. Then?
2: I nothing. All I said was that we have a difference of opinion on which one is the best. That's all.
0: That's not true. I don't have an opinion on which one is best. I have an opinion about which one I got next the most generation exposure is the best. to, okay. which was Next Generation. Okay. So you know. I... Okay. <laughs> Uh thank you for setting it off Kat. cuz then we I hope that you're able to say that within every like subgenre that we're having a conversation tonight. We already know which one is your favorite Spider-Man. I think. Right, what's it
2: called? What's uh, it called though? But
0: I'm home, baby. Spider-Man, I'm coming home, baby. <laughs> so
1: not the title. Spider-Man,
0: Spider-Man keep the home no. fires burning.
1: And it's still no, not right. Marvel's fault because I think they pushed that Homecoming title when they mm. got the rights to start adding him to the Marvel universe, and so they wanted to throw that like oh Homecoming double meaning in there.
3: Right. And right, now they're right. stuck
1: with a series of films where they have to have home in the title.
0: Oh, to, I can you see that.
1: A chance to mangle them every time the new one comes out. <laughs> it's,
0: it's confusing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I make jokes about like fantasy, sci-fi, comic genres that I don't know just to like make fun of myself for not being familiar with them. Like last night, I couldn't believe that Gandalf and Dumbledore are different people, people. first of all. I mean, I know that's a different conversation. And I'm not trying to like pull a pin on the grenade in this room. I, they Quick, are I, will
1: give you, I will give you $20 right now if you can tell me the difference Ooh. between Samwise Gamshi and Samuel Tarvey. I know. Ooh. I know right now. Ooh. I know. And I like. for our this listeners' sake,
0: cool. like I'm, first it's of fun. all, <laughs> let me tell our listeners, and I'll take any quiz, quiz questions right now. Let me tell our listeners why this is important. I have not seen The Lord of the Rings films. I saw the very first one when it came out in theaters. And I was just, like, so disappointed and bored that I never watched another Lord of the Rings movie. And then it won Best Picture, and I was like, are you kidding me? Flash forward, you know, 20 years. And on the show last week, E-Ming said, you can't be a part of the nerd-slash-geek tribunal unless you go watch the Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, So, go ahead, man. I'm going to answer your Samwise question, though. Do I get a chance to answer my Samwise question? question. All right. Um i i made good on my word and i won't go into too much detail unless you guys have questions about how much i actually watched uh but i, I watched one of the lord of the rings movies last night the last one return of the king and I, I used that compared with my what i remember to the first one. First of all it doesn't matter how many of those movies you watch because all they're doing is just like walking to a volcano and throwing a ring in it so you can watch 10 minutes of it i read the synopsis on wikipedia while wow, during the first twenty minutes of Return of the King, and I was like, "Why did it take nine hours to tell this story?" It's too late. So it's listen, too late. I'm not coming into world of right? show just, I'm just, like this. <laughs> okay. <gathering
2: fire>. Wow. <laughs> okay.
0: But Samwise is Samwise is a Hobbit, and he's um, Elijah Wood's best <laughs> friend Elijah and his kind Earth? of like personal Elijah assistant. Best
2: friend. What's the character's okay, okay. name? <laughs> Frodo. Frodo.
0: He's Frodo's best friend and kind of like his personal assistant. He doesn't like Gollum. And he's the like kind of like, like sweet-faced kind of chubby kid who was in all those 80s movies. Uh, and I can't remember the actor's and name. But I Things. like his character. And yeah. and Stranger Things. Uh, and uh, the other person you named, I've never heard of before. Yes, I have. A <laughs> so no, uh, that's uh,
1: it. Uh, Game of Thrones uh, reference. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah.
0: So, guys, uh, yeah, so, I, I understand the value of Lord of the Rings. I'm not... I'm just trying to be, like, a little bit incendiary, I guess. But contrarian? I just wanted you to know I followed through. Is that the way you're looking for? I followed through, I followed through on my word. All right, well, I I the movie. To,
1: you know, wanted, you know, you've watched the last one, but I did want to answer the question from last week, which was, should you watch Lord of the Rings? Um, because I had two answers for that, and then after that, I'll tell you what. And you can substitute Lord of the Rings with whatever other geek thing there is. So the first answer is any kind of art, high art or low art, if it doesn't have an effect or it doesn't move you, then there's no requirement for you to experience it. The second answer is if it speaks to a lot of people, then it's worthwhile for you to give it a chance to see if you can find in there why it touches so many people. And then the final answer is you're a journalist. And so that is your domain and so you know you're kind of required, even though it doesn't speak to you, because you know the the point of quest on media is supposed to be, uh, you know, speaking for the voiceless, speaking for people who are disenfranchised, and that's one of the major themes of those movies. Uh, the Hobbit, being the most important person in the whole, you know, to the to the world surviving, uh, that's that's what it's referring to. Uh, that that's the humblest person, that's the voiceless. And they end up saving the whole world so even though I'm not I'm, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, uh, but that's just personal preference of the things I enjoy but I, they were they were good movies but why is it important to watch? Uh, there you go
0: I agree yeah I mean I don't ever want to build a wall around myself for I'm not going to watch this because I'm not into it The reason I miss things is because sometimes <laughs> I just miss things you know I use my 40 year old virgin analogy from last week you know you miss it you don't it doesn't happen early on and then it really doesn't happen. And I never had like a strong, you know, I I mean, Matt is the one, I don't know if this came up last week, but he's the one who uh, insisted that I watch all the Harry Potter. I'd never seen a Harry Potter film. I watched all the Harry Potter films in one week at Christmas and I loved them. They were great. I totally get it. So, you know, I'm not like, ah, I'm not interested in this. It's just, you know, sometimes I have an aversion, but I try to remind myself of the kind of things he's talking about where it's like, I don't need it to be part of my identity (laughs) that I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, so Kat, I I want to come to you because I feel bad that I said all these negative things about Lord of the Rings. You and should feel bad. Your face was just like you were like aghast. You're like, what? This is blasphemy. It is. So first, let me let me apologize. I'm just trying to like be funny or whatever. They they're good movies. And uh, obviously, they're very well made and well acted and beautiful. Some of those visuals are just Mm -hmm. insane. You know, I have like a new TV and I really got to see like how crisp and wonderful a lot of those effects are. And, you know, the themes that Matt was talking about, I definitely understand those. So I liked them. I wasn't like, this is a fabulous waste of time. But are they incredibly meaningful films to you? Okay. So it's like like what you
3: guys said when you were younger, you guys chose sci-fi. I did the opposite. When I was younger, I chose fantasy. I feel like I did that because I grew up in the country and there wasn't really a lot of things to do, but like read and play video games. And so I don't even know how I got into Lord of the Rings. I think it was just a continuation from reading about Narnia and stuff. And this was before Harry Potter books even came out. So I was like middle school-ish, I think. And so I don't know. I think I just picked up the book, started reading, and I just was like, whoa, this is crazy. And in the fact that it was three books, I was really like, I was the best. I was probably like around. How old were you when so. you were
0: reading these books?
3: Right, and it's just, I wow. read, I read the Hobbit in elementary. Those are dense. And Those I are didn't long,
0: really long, long books. I wasn't to dive serious into. about
3: it. But then even the Lord of the Rings <laughs> actually made me go back and read the Hobbit, and I appreciate it yeah. even more. And just like I fell so hard for the for those books I did fan fiction tell
0: me tell me about your your Lord of the Rings fan fiction a little bit I'm very curious
3: I was I will say it was really good I had a lot of great reviews and followers on fanfiction.net shout out to those old fans thank you for keeping (laughs) the stories alive fanfiction.net that's where I put my stories at um my whole fan fiction because i felt like lord of didn't have a lot it was even though it was a great story i feel like they needed more women and more people of color and so i wrote a girl who was because i was really into the history i like studied it so much to make this character feel realistic to me um she was aragorn's like Great, 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 great aunt. Like from the beginning, she was half Elven, but she chose the life of being, um, of continue to be Elven more than her human side. So she's seen like her human family being killed. Her brother was like one of the last kings of Gondor before they destroyed everything, and so she just devoted her life to just um, living with like her aunt, who just collateral, and then Elrond, whatever. I think her mom was like Elrond's half sister or something i did some kind
0: of weird so you mean you went into the history which is mm-hmm. like family tree because obviously everybody has a back back backstory no. and you wrote about a character yes. that may not even appear in the books and developed her start well i mean i mentioned this on the show last week but we have another <laughs> fan fiction writer here matt who wrote an excellent harry potter wow. fan fiction book that i read have read twice now uh and i mean it's Why? I, I won't give anything away it's on fanfiction.net right matt fanfiction.net
1: it yeah it is but maybe uh give me your email because it's super long all all of my reviews have been like super positive but they've all agreed like this was too long to post as one thing so
0: i mean i i've read it and i'm not that strongly invested in harry potter like i, I love the movies um but I'm not like a person who's reading Harry Potter fan fiction. But I like that book. It was just a good book. I did, I know that there were references in there to characters I didn't get, and you're the one who told me like all every spell you used in there was real. Like I didn't even get that stuff, but I was still just like this is a good story, because it had a lot of themes. You know, like you're talking about, it's like environmentalism is in there. There are a lot of like political themes that aren't overtly political themes and. I, I just liked it. It's a good book. You know, we'll, we'll yes. shout it out, you know, but Kat, if, if you're even remotely interested, and e because I know, E-Main, aren't you a fan <laughs> fiction writer She t-
2: has it. You sent me it. Okay. Oh, all right.
0: So, so are, are you saying dot, 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 I haven't read it? Is that what you're saying right now on the air? Yeah, I, uh-huh.
2: have all right. I have it. I have it, but right. I haven't read
0: well, it Well, I'm just saying, just shout out to, uh, wait, what is the title again? Because once you explained it to me what it meant, I really thought this was hilarious.
1: Uh, So the title of the book is Harry Potter and the Fabrication of the Devoted. And the way that relates to the contents is not at all. Fabrication of the Devoted is just two synonyms for oh, fiction and fan. So I the title it. is really good. Harry Potter, and
0: Harry Potter and the Fan Fiction. Fabrication of the Devoted. Isn't that great? Yeah,
2: that's super clever. I should
0: have asked that right away because the whole time <laughs> I was reading the book, I was like, wait, are they the devoted?
3: I
1: would mean, not say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just up the book, you're like, who are is yeah. it fanatics that are yeah. like a
0: cult and then i thought fabrication was like like a, a hint like how it was going to end i mean without giving too much away from the book it was kind of like if the devoted were these characters of people who worship trees then like maybe they would just pretend anyway whatever it's a great title we we're we're in the presence of fan fiction greats so uh, kudos to you guys before we move on from lord of the rings i do want to hear from Ming. First of all, thank you for encouraging me to go back and watch these movies. I feel like it's much more
1: complete now.
2: Was it encouraging or just guilt tripping? The,
1: yeah, the second one is the best one. Don't skip that one. Well, I, oh, the second I love
2: of Return of the
3: King. Two yeah. Towers yeah. is a precursor to Return sure kind of the King. You, you know,
1: know what? I'll tell you, It's funny you guys should say that because I
0: went into iTunes and I was like, "All right, I'll watch the second one, and if I have time, I'll watch the third one." And I, I went down and I was like, "Okay, yeah, you know, Return of the King. That, that's the second one." And then I pressed play and started watching it, and then I was like, "Okay, let me read on Wikipedia real quick while you know what I missed <laughs> while I, while I was watching it, and then I was like, "Oh wait, I'm watching the third one." so I didn't do that on purpose. I just my memory was that yeah, that one was the, uh watch the, ex- was the second ex- extended one. Versions, but I was mistaken
2: don't watch the theater theatrical versions."
0: Well wait, aren't the extended no, versions just the ones no, that are on iTunes? No, because sometimes no ne- sometimes like Netflix, anyway. I knew for
2: at least a little bit had the had the original, I couldn't understand why. I was like, why wow, you like go just upgrade this shit. I was like what? what, what? Yeah. Like no one watches the regular version. At least if you're if you're a real fan, you don't watch the regular version.
0: <laughs> well, E-Ming, I mean, I know that you like Lord of the Rings, but like we talk yeah. a, we talk a lot more about other stuff, but like how important are these movies to you? Like how oh, down God. are you
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> um it, I think I watched it in high school, like early high school, probably like freshman or sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I it came out in nine eleven or whatever. The music was the first thing that I really liked. That was like th- the thing that like really got me into it. So I really loved the music. The soundtrack was beautiful. But like I have been like a fan of like complicated stories since like Star Wars. Like I was like I was that weird kid who liked like the one only girl in school that liked all the weird uh non-typical girl things like i was i watched all of, of the star trek when i was like however old like hours worth
0: wait what do you no, mean all of the Star different. Trek? Are we After talking that, about kirk Your
2: favorite i watched that a lot because yeah because that was my thing it's all uh, Next all watched, generation. The next and, then, good. and then star wars so uh,
0: i thought i saw data in the street today by the way I don't know if it was because I was getting ready for this podcast, oh, but actor? you know, famous people all over oh, the place in New York, uh, and I just Brent, the actor, uh, yeah, Brent I mean Spiner. not Data, Spiner, yeah, because really? he shows up in Independence Day also. So he, the guy, the guy I saw on the street looked like Brent Spiner's character from Independence Day, and I was like, and then all I wanted to do was go up and grab him and That'd say, "Data," really cool with it but, you know, He'd
3: be like, "I get this a lot."
0: That would be very weird.
3: I'm right, sure he'd appreciate right,
0: right. it. I'm sure he'd rather be remembered Maybe. for that than Independence Day to be honest, you know. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying, yeah. You went back and watched Next Generation? Uh, I wasn't that really like Voyager and all that other much, but I definitely ones?
2: liked uh, DS9 because it's yeah. darker and you know I like dark Indeed. stuff to begin with. So that that's my oh, that's yeah. my go-to. But like um I, I have like every year, like m- m- mostly during like Christmas, I always watch the uh the the those films, the the Lord of the Rings too. films. Just something. Of... I well, do. You I said watch you both.
0: watch Harry Potter at Christmas too, right?
2: Yeah. Well, no. All of them. More so, Lord of the Rings, because wow. that's the one I own. Well, now I own Harry Potter, but before I did not because it was not cheap on iTunes yet, and then it was, <laughs> <laughs> and then I purchased it. <laughs> so I have to like you know pick and choose my fantasy and and and, and stuff when I money wise because it's expensive.
0: Well, I mean, I think that Harry Potter is gonna be always tied to it's Christmas for me exactly. as well because that's mm-hmm. when I watched them. I was visiting home. I was in right. San Francisco, and we're at my aunt and uncle's house. And Matt was like, "Let's do it." So it's like Ooh. now I have that association too. Maybe it'll be Maybe. a new tradition. I mean, movie?
2: I. Th- I mean that's how they did it. That's, that's how they marketed it for Christmas. So it's like now it's like forever in your head, like Christmas. like my head. When it yeah. comes out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: oh, when they, they were, were coming out, like, like, like the when the snow new ones falling were coming out, they always and came out. Like yeah, um, it's all
2: like very very Christmas
1: yeah, already, oriented. I was okay. like, God damn it. <laughs> there's always a the significant Christmas scene in the different Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. I mean the last one was split up, so but they had a pretty big Christmas push on that one. And there's a John Williams written Christmas yeah. Yep. Hogwarts is him in this the first is- one. You go look it up. There.
0: I was at I was at the flea market today, and there was someone selling uh, T shirts that had the logo of like New York City subway trains, Ooh. but with like mm-hmm. sci fi and fantasy. Where's that names, shirt? Right? <laughs> so there used there used to be. I wish I could remember more of them, but the one that I remember was um, that this train doesn't exist anymore. The nine train. It used to be the one train and the nine train, the red line. Uh, but a lot of like old school New Yorkers are like yo the nine train you know it's like it gives you some cred. So this one had the nine in a in a red uh, circle, very iconic. But it also uh, said three quarters uh, on uh, it, okay,
2: okay.
0: right? <laughs> and I saw this was like when my geek really You're came like, out, <gasps> even though I'm new to Harry Potter. This woman, it was worse than no, that. it was worse than that. This woman was with this woman was with her daughter and. And she was like basically mom-splaining the t-shirt, but doing it wrong. She was like, oh, well, you know, don't you know there used to be a nine train in New York? You probably don't know about that. It's just the one train now. And then the, the little girl who was like, I don't know, like probably nine or eight or nine years old. She was like, yeah, but it's Hogwarts. And she's like, what? nine and three quarters. What's that got to do with Hogwarts? And I was like, lady, don't you know anything? Oh,
2: you crossed over. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm so proud. That I have well crossed well over.
0: I didn't, I didn't intervene. I didn't intervene because I didn't want to be the person. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I trust this little girl to school her mom right now. <laughs> this little girl's going to school her. It's going to be much more meaningful right. to this lady than if some stranger jumps in and just be like, she what's be wrong like, with you? What kind really of mom are you? You don't know what nine and three quarters <laughs> means. Yes. Yes. Um, so the one premise that I wanted to address, and I, you know, I don't know if there's much of a debate to be had here. I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I think the ship has sailed. Right. At the top of the show and at the end of the last episode, I mentioned, you know, Matt's advice to me as a kid. Or, you know, not really advice, but it was like, yeah, there's different kinds of geeks. You got to choose what kind of geek you're gonna be. I chose spaceships, and I I got a lot of exposure, as I explained last week, to a lot of sci-fi and other stuff in that realm through Matt and my dad. My dad was really into comic books, so all superhero stuff. And but they, you know, it's like Star Wars was the thing, right? Because They came out in the 70s and my dad, my brother was young, he's older than me, so he's like a kid at the time and went to go see the Star Wars movies with my dad when they were new in theaters and when they were finally available to watch on like VHS or whenever they would re-release them in theaters, I would go with them. So it's like Star Wars was a big deal in our house, you know, and by extension, anything else with a spaceship, they watched Next Generation. We even watched like Flash Gordon, you know, it's like really... Anything with a spaceship in it, including any kind of like trash 80s movie that came out that was like remote, like uh, who were those guys? Wasn't Joaquin Phoenix in that one where they make uh, was that Voyagers?
1: Space Camp, so, oh, Voyager 2. Voyager, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Voyagers um, and Space Camp, all those movies had a profound effect Voyagers. on it, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, before I kind of kick this question to you, I'll say this is a very telling indication of how much I'm still kind of subscribing to that last night. You know, I was watching Lord of the Rings and I I was like, I don't want to say anything bad about it. But, you know, kind of like how Matt said, you like what you like, you know. So I was watching Lord of the Rings and I was like, all right, you know, this is a good movie. And Sophia and I lately have been watching a lot of space movies. Like we, but mostly like space exploration, not sci-fi necessarily, like aliens and stuff. But, you know, we watched 2001 and um, we watched Contact. We watched Moon, you know. And the one we hadn't watched yet was The Martian. I'd never seen The Martian. It's a better and, book than yeah. movie. And, and then, oh my god. Classic sorry, geek. Sorry. <laughs> Classic. Sorry, <laughs> You're just checking all the geek sorry. boxes, you <laughs> mean? No, that's fine. I believe it. Um, but I just, my mind transitioned. Like, once one of the races was done, and I was going to the Martian, I was like, yeah, let's go. Spaceships. Mars, you know? Um, and and I loved it. I thought the Martian was great. I mean, you know, it was a little cheesy. It was like a very like mainstream movie or whatever, but it was tons of fun. I was like completely on board the whole time and like loved it and like cheered at different parts and just like had thought thought it had a lot of good touches and it was a great story. Very well done, very good effects. But like my joy was palpable watching the Martian. <laughs> whereas like watching Lord of the Rings, I was like, Hmm, oh this is this is a good good film. I, I can see how many people enjoy this Type of film, you know what I mean. <laughs> so that's not to say I don't. It's not like oh, I'm done with fantasy, but it's like that thing is still very much with me. So I want to ask you, Matt, because you said that when I was a kid, you got to choose what kind of geek you, you you're going to be. But you seem to have made room in your geek tent for everything because you're you're a Game of Thrones guy. Uh, I'm trying to, and obviously you're writing Harry Potter fanfiction. <laughs> I mean, that's got dragons in it. You know what I mean. Uh, so did you just realize like hey I reject this binary along with all other binaries or how did you come to this
1: all right so uh, you know the theme of this show is sci-fi versus fantasy and I'll tell you right now it's all fantasy so thank Take you care. for joining us on Martin <laughs> Paul we'll see you next week when we're... <laughs> uh, yeah um, I was never against fantasy in fact I um, I was a big fan of the Conan movies in the 80s. Oh, true. Uh, like Russell mentioned, I'm, I'm significantly older than Russell. Um, and uh, I was a huge, huge fan of uh, classical mythology, which uh, kind of is the antecedent to all these other Lord of the Rings and medieval ones. Um, so they're all fantasy. I mean, what is Star Wars sci-fi or is Star Wars fantasy? It's, you know, it's probably closer to fantasy. I mean, there's not going to be a laser that stops three feet out from the sword hill. Um, you know, if, uh, I mean, let's look at Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, that really is both. Uh, is That's Frankenstein true. Uh, is he a metaphor? Is he magic? It was based on science fiction. I mean, she wrote it really based on a lot of science that existed. But then she subtitled it Prometheus, right. uh, you know, a new Prometheus. So she was hard to back to those old myths.
0: Well, so- I mean, I, I agree. I think that's a fine premise. I think most people would agree that it's all fantasy, obviously. But you made the distinction of saying dragons yes. or spaceships, man, because they never show up in the same movie. You're not going to get a, yes. cat, a cat yet. <laughs> but that'll be the new franchise. Yes. Go
1: and watch Krull.
0: Krull. Go watch
1: Krull. <laughs> You'll have Wait, I don't even know what that is. What is it? It was a very bizarre '80s movie that I had never seen till recently, but um, it tried to bridge that gap between the two. Um, so I'm going to say uh, what we're talking about well, when you're saying sci-fi versus fantasy is more the setting, yeah. and the tropes uh, for those kind of stories. Because uh, really, it's all—I mean, it's all mythology. Uh, is what it goes back to, and the way we shape myths now. So uh, for me, uh, I preferred the science fiction because it dealt more with the future and possibilities, and a lot of fantasy uh, deals. You know, it's it's based on real things Mm -hmm. that happened in the past, and those are pretty much of a bummer. Uh, you You can keep Luke Skywalker's character pretty safe, but... And Game of Thrones, if you know anything about the Wars of Roses or what it's based on, you can't be too upset when anybody gets killed because, you know, these these are real things that happened and had real negative effects on people's lives.
0: Well, what about Kat's point earlier? I mean, I tried to make this point on the show last week, but I think I did it kind of weekly, uh, which was this other important distinction between fantasy and science fiction kat alluded to this when she said she was writing lord of the ring fan fiction because there weren't a lot of women and there weren't a lot of people of color that was something even as a kid before i was like maybe a political being that i just noticed about science fiction that made it more appealing that it really was more diverse like the people on the screen look different i i want to say there were more strong like princess leia is a pretty badass female character there were like more female characters like that and Star Trek is all about encountering other people and other cultures and trying to learn how to accommodate other people and other cultures and like accept their own practices and traditions and even just the cast members. And uh, it just, it seems a lot more about, like you're saying, looking to the future, how do we solve our social problems? And I always was suspicious of people who were into fantasy because it seemed a little bit like, well, now we have a phrase for it. And it's like, Make America Great Again. It seemed a little bit like people who were living in a diverse world were like, man, wasn't it great when we were all just like in and we medieval were burning times women and, and witches everybody was white and women <laughs> knew their place. And you could, yes. Yeah. And you could pick up a sword and just chop a he fool's head off. and like, Make Middle Earth Great Again. I'm, and yeah. i You know, it's like. And that I, is I, no you know, of the of the podcast. It is. He just he said not, said it. It. He not call he it that. He just
3: said it. He just said <laughs> it. I swear to God. It's the title.
2: Just not the title. I'm going to quit and make up the title. I'm gonna,
1: if uh, if if you are making some kind of pseudo historical like fiction, it's pretty hard to get diversity in there. Um, yeah. Morgan Freeman in uh, in Robin Hood, in yeah, Robin Hood,
3: man, really <laughs> stuck
1: out like a sore thumb, and they. Well, but if you think about it, Robin Hood was returning from the
0: Crusades, right? He's coming from the, the, yeah. the Middle East. There are a lot of African and Arab people there. Like, you know, the old the old world was just as diverse as the new one. It's just people didn't mash up that much. But it's fantasy. You can create whatever yeah, they, circumstances you want.
1: They tried to come up with a plausible excuse, but I feel like even if that had truly happened, everywhere more than Freeman went, people would be like, yo, Amor, I can't believe it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But also, okay, so let's not think about that. Let's think about Matt Damon jumping in oh, on the God. Great Wall. That. What is this guy I doing here that. in China fighting dragons on the Great Wall? Listen, I have a lot I have a lot of things to say about Matt Damon. So
0: <laughs> <Okay>? uh, <laughs> Number one Number one, in defense of Matt Damon, the Great Wall was funded mostly by a Chinese production company right. that wanted to make that movie to like glorify Chinese history, you know? And they wanted Matt Damon. They were like We want to hit, so, you know what I'm saying? We want to get this big American movie star. We want the whole world to see this movie. If we cast the most famous Chinese actor, other people in the world aren't going to know who that is, so they're not going to go see it. But if we cast Matt Damon, people in the United States are going to see it, and it's going to kind of glorify our culture. It was, in some ways, a kind of a a piece of propaganda for Chinese culture, and, and that was the motivation of this production company. So... I understand why people thought it was pretty weird that matt damon was there in the great wall of china but it wasn't like you know hollywood producers saying it like, we was china. like know, it wasn't samurai. like the last samurai last samurai was the worst example of that
1: yeah the samurai was on my mind too but yeah the other problem is this um you can do things like colorblind castings um but if you're doing a color casting, that character's been written and their culture isn't part of who they are. Exactly, exactly. Um, so
0: so and, that's my objection. But, I mean, what exactly. I think this is a fatal flaw to me. Like what you're saying is true, right? Like, yeah, if you're going to do something historically, the you know cultures were not interacting as much back then, right? So you can't really accommodate that and that's legitimate. But to me, that's why fantasy is less appealing. Because you're telling
1: stories about a past that is like, Cultures cultures were interacting plenty, just not in Europe. Uh, all these things also are Eurocentric. Yeah. Uh, there's not tons of fantasy that's set in what we think of as, like, Arabian Nights. Because then you really do have a lot of multiculturalism.
0: Oh, yeah, Silk Road, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, all the trade across the Indian Ocean. There was plenty of cross-culturalism going on, just not in Europe. And yeah. stories that are cared about are these European stories. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I do think all this contributed to why I like science fiction more. Uh, And like I said, if you know a lot about history, it was hard to get into Game of Thrones knowing Mm -hmm. how terrible everybody involved in the War of Roses was. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't even aware of how much historical basis a lot of those stories had. I think, Matt, you were the one who told me that. Even though I haven't watched Game of Thrones, I kind of thought, like, how can you have spoilers for something that's based on history, guys? Right? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I, I, <laughs> is oh, that a fair it, thing to say? The way
1: that Game of Thrones won me over, because I didn't watch it originally, and it just was mm-hmm. a g- greatly made show. It was just really well made. And so that overcame any of the other objections I had to it. Yeah.
0: So. So, so, Kat, you <laughs> kind of seem like cooler than both me and Matt, because you... You never thought like, oh, there is a difference or I have to choose one or the other. You kind of just felt right. like you did. already walked into this thinking it's all fantasy. Is that true? Or it, did you have to do the me, reverse I thing? Was already like, I like guess like I'll film watch kid, a spaceship so movie. So I
3: just kind of blended it all together. You know, I, I think I read more fantasy, but watched more sci-fi. And as I got older, I kind of switched and then I started watching more of the other. And I don't know, for me, fantasy and sci-fi... There, I feel like when I was younger, there was a difference. But like now of today, it's super blended because um, I'm thinking about the books, The Children children of Blood and Bone. It's of like these uh, cultures in Africa and they really blend the sci-fi and fantasy together. And I love it so much. And there's so much culture and so much diversity. And like I'm like, I would have never read this as a child. And so I'm seeing of today, things are just being blended and it's amazing and I love it. And to the part where it's like, it's basically like a, like you're playing a fantasy game, like a role-playing game almost. It's like fantasy sci-fi adventure type genre now.
0: Well, I mean, I guess in a way that, that kind of gives us a nice segue into comic books or at least the Marvel universe, because I think if you look at, All the different characters who are in the Marvel Universe and at least just the ones who have shown up in the Avengers movies like, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, that's a science fiction movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. But then I I would say like somebody like Thor, I mean, you know, that's like different. That's that's Norse mythology, which Mm -hmm. probably has something much more to do with fantasy than anything else. Um, and then you have you know the Hulk, which is really just right. about a guy who <clears throat> experienced domestic violence. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a person who's like processing trauma. And then you got it's, like uh, a It's, York... High.
1: it's just uh, yeah, Jacqueline height, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: it's like I, I want to say we've set up this binary, right? It's like binary cell, right? Fantasy versus uh, sci-fi. <laughs> We're gonna get plenty of geeks. Like mm, I want to see what they have to say about this. But then it's like the truth is uh, what Matt said, which is like it's all fantasy. And then also. The Marvel Universe has kind of answered this by saying, like, this is not only are all these stories that have similar themes, but, like, they can also literally exist in the same universe and overlap in a way that's not weird. Like, I used to think it would be weird. I was like, what mm-hmm. do you mean Spider-Man is going to be hanging out with Tony Stark? Like, that doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Or, like, what do Thor and the Hulk have to do with each other? <laughs> and then I watched the movie. it was like. Hmm, They've got a lot in common, you know what I mean like and when you finally see them interact It's great and it's a credit to good writing and everything else But in in a way I would kind of make the argument that the Marvel universe is one very very strong answer to this question of like dragons versus Spaceships which is one preposterous and two if you do it right, it's all in there. There's room for all of it um, which brings us to the Marvel Universe, which is why we brought Matt on to, to talk to talk comics and also largely why you're here, Kat. Um, I'm kind of interested in, I mean, again, I don't have the authority to really frame, I don't have the, the expertise to frame this question properly, but from what I understand... <laughs> The Avengers movies are, shall we say, winding down? I don't well, know. if that's the right thing to say? <laughs> right? Whole like that whole Infinity
3: Saga, the whole Infinity, this is called the Infinity <laughs> okay, Saga. Kat, it has ahead, just Kat. ended. Like, Spider-Man Far From Home, that was the epilogue of the whole story. Iron Man started it off. Now, we're going to take a nice period to just chill and get ready for the next volume which we don't know yet. We have theories, but we, we have a whole new squad. You saw them in Infinity War. We have Doctor Strange. We have Black Panther. We have Captain Marvel. And others that are coming. And they're going to be facing another evil, which we don't know yet, but we have theories. And that's going to be a whole nother Same thing. you are well, going to have all these movies, but they're going to be different genres, but they're all going to fit and and, and and blend together. And I'm excited because it's like this is i know people get attached to the original avengers because i was like that but then again like i said last week about stories about making you realize you have to grow up and move on same with the avengers movies you have to grow up and move on because super super people don't live forever you're going to have other people coming in to try to save the day and so with that said i really am looking forward to the next volume next saga that we have in store in the next five years
1: Um, Last week, you guys were talking about reboots. That was the theme. And, um, you know, I'll go back back to maybe 2,500 years ago and ask the question, Helen of Troy, the character, was she kidnapped or did she run away from her husband? And there were fascinating stories built on both. People just wrote stories, and nobody asked did they contradict each other. They wrote new stories that kind of didn't match up with the old ones. And all that mattered was it was it a good story. I mean, they had a story where on the way to Troy, they had stopped and she got off in, uh, what? in Egypt. <laughs> and it was actually a magical Helen ghost that was in Troy. <laughs> and nobody, you know, nobody, uh go you to know your Oxford Classical Dictionary and look at some of these characters, they have contradictory stories. And so, you know, you have a Christopher Reeve Superman movie where he's always hiding out as Clark Kent. And then you have this new one where... Everyone knows he's Clark Kent before right. the name Clark Kent even comes to the Daily Planet. And these things don't contradict each other. I think uh, this this Into the Spider-Verse, I think kind of mm-hmm. gave permission for them just to do a different version of everybody. And I'd really, after somehow exactly I'd like to see Miles <laughs> Morales yeah. as our new, uh, that, that's what the next Spider-Man story should start with, is My- Miles Morales should be the new Spider-Man. and. And Peter Parker will I'm be poor. this the
0: uh, kind of the grandmaster, you know? Well, Miles Morales, you know, I mean, part of the reason these films were so successful is because they're like, you know, the, these this new crop of superhero films, which I'm kind of tracing back to Iron Man, right? Like, I think the DC successes of like Batman and right. stuff that that exists somewhere else, I think. So, this new success of comic book films that starts in my mind with Iron Man is successful. For a lot of different reasons, but one, it's like geek approved, <laughs> right? Like they go to the geek lords first. <laughs> and they're like, geeks, this is what we came up with, you know, like by studying your sacred texts. You know, do you approve, right? That, that's literally what they do. They go to a comic book convention.
1: No, oh, they already Woo-hoo. have a geek lord, a geek lord, and his name is Kevin Feige, and he he has the same feelings about those things. And that's they just got really lucky that he was in the mix. Yeah but then the other thing is they
0: also know like, Hey, we need to make this for a broader audience. Cause the problem used to be they'd make a superhero movie and they just kind of like take the character and like his outfit and then just write some story that they thought people would like. And there were a lot of garbage comic book movies as a result, but these films have married both partly because I think aren't most of these storylines taken directly from comics. Like they're not writing new stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. No. In which case, cause I know miles Morales was in the comics. Yep. You know, and I know there's like a Captain America who gets like murdered by the government, you know, because it like I remember all these storylines, um, even, you know, Batman getting his back broken by Bane. And you know, I keep waiting for the Doomsday Superman movie because I want Superman to die. That was a big deal for me when I was a kid. Getting the, right. I still want to get one of those oh, Superman T-shirts with you, the blood dripping.
1: Did you not watch
0: Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> oh, was that the Doomsday movie? No. No, yeah, watch it, I because it it's just really, what
3: he said. You
1: know, he's a yeah. journalist, and he has to I don't care. be uh, in touch with the So, so hey, bad. I saw it. So bad. That's what I'm going to say. I will say, I'll give you the same advice that Eamon gave you about Lord of the Rings. If you're going to watch Batman versus Superman, watch the <laughs> Ultimate Edition. If all, A lot of the questions that I just was left that theater scratching my head about make a lot more sense than that. You're not going to be quite <laughs> like, what What are they doing with this movie? Yeah. I mean, I felt
0: kind of bad missing out on those films. Even, like, I haven't watched those the new Superman ones, you know? And I know that there was some value there. I mean, I know they weren't perfect. Everybody didn't love them. But kind of like what you're saying, Matt, it's like Superman and Batman, they actually are characters I care about. You know what I mean? Like, if I don't see a Thor movie, it's not like, oh, I love Thor so much. It's like, even a bad version of Superman or Batman, I want to see it, like you said, to just find out what they got wrong find out what they got right see a new version mm-hmm. like you learn something you know what i'm saying kind of like what kat is saying yeah, I um see that. so i guess i'll add that to the list batman vs <laughs> superman ex- extended edition or whatever yeah. i love i loved wonder woman wonder woman was tight you know batman yeah. was in that you know they got one dc movie right yeah um so I, I guess I mean I have a couple questions, Matt. I'm gonna let you finish in a minute because you and Cat need to talk about Toy Story Four. I'm not trying to start oh, a fight, shit. but what? Matt, Why? Matt, just spoiler, Matt, Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the the reason Matt came on here is by, uh, because he wanted to call me and tell me about Toy Story Four after he saw it, right? Because he didn't he didn't particularly care for it, but we don't have to talk about that. What the, the fact that he didn't like it is not important because Cat really did like it, and there's no accounting for taste because. It's not like Kat's right, Matt's wrong or any of that. It's just like it's subjective. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, but what I was very interested in but before we talk about Toy Story, let me say let me let me have one more point on uh, comic books. And this is something I actually really want to know. Is there a character that has not been highlighted that like really needs to be? I know Captain Marvel was a big deal that she had her own movie and e Main wrote a story about it. But like, is there a You know, I I think about the Miles Morales character, even just like a character who had a separate plot line who hasn't really been highlighted yet. Because I know, I mean, E-Ming wrote such a strong piece about why there are plenty of female. It was a good piece. And she like her point was not like, oh, there's no female superheroes. She was like, there's lots of female superheroes and they just don't make movies about them. Um, so, not necessarily just women. Obviously, like Black Panther was a big deal and a huge hit as a result. Um, but are there others? I mean, I know a lot of them are getting picked up by Netflix. You know, every time I turn on Netflix, I'm like, wait, that's a Marvel character? I've never heard of that person before, <laughs> you know? But are there others, or is there something coming out that is a new character we haven't heard about yet that people are excited about? Anybody?
1: I mean, if we're talking about the history of diversity in comics, I mean, a not, lot of,
0: yeah, not necessarily diversity, but go ahead,
1: go ahead. Um, you know, a lot of it's just publishing history. I mean, there are some characters. Could Superman be non-white? And the answer is probably not because he's Jewish. Uh, so much of what went into him, he's he's Jewish. I mean, you, you know, you got Sammy Davis, so he could be a non-white Jew, but uh, Superman probably has to be white. Could he be a woman? Yeah, they, that happened. Her name was Suprema. <laughs> And then they changed the name because it sounded too much like Superman. So they changed it to Wonder Woman and she's still getting, you know, she was the best DC movie out. (laughs) Uh, Can we
0: talk about Superman being Jewish real quick? Because I have a couple thoughts about this. One, first of all, uh, Superman is an alien from another planet. So I don't know that our like ethnic whatever understanding of what people look like or what their cultures are uh has any bearing necessarily on who could play superman second of all the fact that superman is you know and i'm using air quotes jewish i think what you're referring to is his creators right who were jewish americans who made this character informed by their own experiences of growing up as jews and kind of being the only jews in the places where they lived and feeling kind of like outsiders and keeping their identities a secret and, and that kind of stuff like that, like not fully connecting to the culture that you're living in, having your own culture that you have to keep a secret. Is that what you mean about Superman being a Jew?
1: Oh yeah. Clark Kent is a wasp as, as wasp as you can get. He is oh, a- I get it. Yeah. Constant middle- <laughs> he
0: becomes like an uptight <laughs> guy with the Brooks brothers jacket on. Yeah. All right. I get it.
1: <laughs> the they were building on, that spaceship coming to earth was basically Moses floating down the Russians. And his, his experience of bringing his culture was the Ashkenazi Jews fleeing to New York, uh, which, you know, instead was Superman coming to Metropolis. But his, even during World War II, when Superman was still only about five years old, there was a meeting in Germany where Hitler was pounding his fists the, on the desk and saying Superman is a Jew. So he, he understood what the background culture of Superman was. Uh, Well,
0: but that, that I, I love that history and thank you for that synopsis and explanation, but I don't think that means that like, he couldn't be an Asian American Superman. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're, if what you're saying is like, everybody told a different version of Helen of Troy Everybody's telling a different version of Superman, and here we just have one who's like an Asian American guy who grew up in LA or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, came from an op- metropolis, came from Krypton and landed in the valley. You
1: so know? now we'll talk about, uh, instead of the Jewish Superman, we'll talk about the Wasp Superman. And that was true with so many DC characters. Uh, people loved Marvel when it came out because they felt like, I can really relate to this person. But DC wanted you to relate to their characters by making mm-hmm. them as bland as possible That's so true. you could project yourself on them. So, right. you know, could Green Lantern be black or a woman? Mm-hmm. Yes. There were black Green Lanterns. There were women Green Lanterns. A really boring one uh, or one that with a lot a lot of personality mm-hmm. so you could project yourself onto it. Batman was different. You know, Batman had to be a white male because he's old money.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: kind of into topic <laughs> That's true. But most of those characters, yeah. there's no reason Flash couldn't be a woman or black or Latino or Asian because they made him really a blank slate. He, you know, a lot of these characters were just yeah. very planned so you could see yourself in that role. So in a way, even though they are a bunch of square white dudes, it was very open like that. Whereas the Marvel characters had their own specific their true rich inner lives and background, which related to their culture. And so when they tried to be inclusive, I've actually been reading the old 60s and 70s Captain Americas recently, and the Falcon, although he's a real strong character, uh, talks about race a lot, it's almost like every time he shows up, they gotta be like, <laughs> by the way, I'm black and I care about black culture and being black is important to me. And I thought, okay, you know, when they published it, that was important. But there's no reason now why he can't just be somebody's hero. Well, you know, I this came up during the World Cup. Uh, I saw a cut uh, with my wife where they were talking about one of the athletes, and she said how honored she felt that she's a hero to young girls. And my objection was I don't see any reason why she can't be a hero to young boys, that that's what we yeah. should be for. That, you know, we certainly reached that, um, you know, like by the 80s when I was growing up, uh, there was no problem with me being a white kid to have heroes who we black men. And I feel like, why can't we get that with women, too? Uh, why yeah. could a kid be like, oh, yeah, I want to be like Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully that's the direction it goes in.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, I always go out on Halloween because i like, not right. party time Halloween, but I like to see kids' Halloween costumes. And, you know, like... Black Panther was the number one costume uh, last Halloween. And it was, you know, Puerto Rican kids. (laughs) It was white kids. It was black kids. um, And it really did feel like they weren't, you know, they weren't wearing it like, oh, he's he's Mm. like the cool, he's like the black superhero. They were like, he's the coolest superhero. You know what I mean? Because last year, Black Panther really was the coolest superhero. So I think to your point, that's the power of characters like that is that they do transcend. It's not just like important for women or for people of color to have that it's like important for everybody to have a hero you know what i mean well i uh, don't do don't want it doesn't up, look like old heroes
1: i don't want to eat up a lot of time but uh let me tell you about the fantastic four comic no. where black panther changed his name to black jaguar um, <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> well, let's not talk about that let's tell marlon tomorrow <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: Well, I, I've heard of it, i yeah. never read what it, issue I'm but i heard about you know it, and I was like, because I wasn't into Fantastic Four like that, so I heard that, I was like, oh, I'm what? never going to hear that story. What? <laughs>
1: Black, Black, <laughs> Black Panther came first. He came before the Black Panther organization, and so suddenly the name Black Panther right. had a lot of heavy political implications, and... He self-consciously told the Fantastic Four, you know, I don't know if the Black Panther movement named themselves after me or not, but I don't want to either endorse or oppose them. I don't want to be associated with them, so I'm going to change my name to Black Jaguar, so I'm just not in the mix of that argument. And, uh, that, you know, it didn't last long, but it, it was obviously in the comic and out in the reality outside the comic. <laughs> Uh, he was trying to dodge some controversy there. So, yes, there was a brief moment. So awkward. named Black Jaguar. Well, I mean, that happens in baseball
0: all the time, you know, like the Cincinnati Reds, like, during the McCarthy era when everybody's worried about communism. Like, oh, we got to change it. we got to be the Red Legs. We can't be Reds. That sounds worse. So Red Legs are somehow a better. People, race, what are you
3: thinking? It does
0: sound weird. It, yeah, I agree. We're eating um are eating
1: <laughs> basically
0: the uh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so cat is there before we go and i know i promised this minutes ago before <laughs> we talk a little tiny bit about toy story 4 because i don't want to get too crazy is there a movie that you're waiting on a comic book film right now a character who hasn't been developed or a film that is i know now, they are, are introducing I don't know introducing
3: an asian uh superhero i think his name is shangu i forget I am looking forward to that because I'm like we need some we need something different. And even though I'm excited about Mulan coming out next year, I am excited to see more other cultures representation of that. So seeing a superhero who is actually Asian, which kind of makes me wish Iron Fist was like that, but not the that's another story. But I am excited for Shane it's you go, and the movie. Right, 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 I got, you. I got <laughs> so you. Jump over that.
0: well, I have a question. I have a question about this character, Cat, uh, and any one of you who knows this, um, is he Asian or is he the character?
3: I don't know. I don't know if he grew up over there or was he raised like in so, LA or layers. So. I don't know yet because I I don't know much about the character at all. Unless someone else knows,
1: uh, yeah. Shang Chi, Shang Chi known as Master of Kung Fu, <laughs> is comic. <laughs> uh, there was a trend with Marvel in the 70s where uh, edgy material couldn't be published in comic books because they had a very strict moral code. And so mm. they published them in oversized magazine black and white formats. And that's why they were able to do edgier stuff, mm. including having a main character who was Asian. Uh, if you look at the painted cover for the first Shang Chi Master of Kung Makes Fu, sense, it, Makes sense. He's Bruce Lee. So that's who you're dealing. You had with. to do that. Just oh, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's globe trotting like a lot of those kung fu comics were. They, kung fu comics became really big, the same way we had a lot of uh, black black exploitation comics come out in the '70s after the movie trend. Same thing happened with kung fu movies, which yeah. probably is why right. uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are friends mm-hmm, because they both came did. out of that. Luke Cage came out of the black exploitation. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But Iron Fist and his DC counterpart Richard Dragon were both uh, white guys who were you know, like, oh I was raised in China so I kind of have the quote in that. <laughs> don't worry, I'm Balland, or in Richard Dragon's case I'm redheaded so there's no question that I might accidentally. Right. Be- well, what
0: about I always wondered that about Kane from Kung Fu you know. Yeah. You, like, or even like Chuck Norris, man. I'm like, why are you the, the guy who's doing martial arts on TV? I mean, it's like you have a nice man. roundhouse, but you know
1: what I'm saying? I don't need Chuck <laughs> Norris to do it. Certainly not in the name of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> people, people, were, nah. people were not ready to be inclusive. Uh, yeah. by people, yeah. By people, I mean mm. the businesses that choose what goes on the air. Yeah. Was the public ready for it? Maybe they were ready for it then. But it wasn't coming to them, and yeah. so just like anything else, you've got to wait until somebody takes what they perceive as a risk by being more inclusive, and then they find out, <laughs> oh no, people will totally watch this. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. It's 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 the tragedy. It's the That's tragedy a- of baby steps uh, in inclusiveness. So, yeah,
0: but there have been some much more than baby steps, in my opinion, in the last five ten years with the rise of streaming services and like this you know prestige television where it's like we have shows that are highlighting so many different kinds of people and so many different lifestyles it doesn't just end at like race or gender identity or sexuality it's like people that we've never seen on television before captured authentically as written by people who have that life experience i mean this is and i think this has spilled over into comic books and part of the reason why we have iron fist and the reason we're having this um, Asian American superhero, and of course, the success of Black Panther. You know, what right. I mean? they're probably looking in the old ones, you're like, We got any more right, black superheroes? Right, right. You know, like, <laughs> so, what do we got? A Chinese superhero? What do we got? <laughs>
1: all right. So I, I never answered your question. Is there a comic property that they haven't made that should be made? And I'm going to say there was a very popular comic. Uh, it was introduced in the X Men in the late 70s, had its own series, more than one <gasps> yes! series. They should make a new movie. It's Sorry, called Alpha Flight. Out. It's yeah, it's, it's 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 it is Canada, Canada's Avengers, and the reason it could be a man movie is because of North Star. North Star was the first openly gay comic character, and even before he came out, if you read those first John Byrne issues, there's no question he's written as a very sympathetic gay character. Um, and
0: there and you go. Sci-fi. There's there's
1: your last frontier. Um, I like it. You know, he was a, he was no stereotype. It, was it no... is, yeah, yeah. So I'm, let's make I'm Alpha Flight in. and let's feature Star. I'm I in. think there yeah. was a talk I'll, about I'll Alpha Flight people.
3: after yeah. Captain Marvel <laughs> came out, and then I don't know where I saw an article and they were like talking about you know my like, characters and they talked about Alpha Flight and how much you know it's easy to just get in into that and I was like I am so for this because I totally forgot and now I'm like i didn't read all of them but i read yeah i read did you read the comments i I really like them them, especially since they were older but i was like but i'm with it like i got into the story and i wasn't like offended or anything but i was just like this is a really great story wow but yeah to see that on screen would be amazing
0: Well, I'm in. I'm going to have to go back. I'm actually looking just to the left of my desk where I'm recording right now is like my uh, comic book section of my bookshelf, you know, so I have a lot of bound editions. A lot of stuff is still on my list. And I know that I've taken a step back here and let you guys who are more knowledgeable than I am kind of lead this conversation. But there is one thing that I do have some Mm -hmm. expertise in, and that is this Mm -hmm. Dark Horse Comics from the 1990s which made lots, introduced, took lots of risk in terms of uh, characters and types of storytelling. Um, And one character who my dad loved this comic, this is one of the few Dark Horse comics that he did like, um, and I have the Bound editions because my my brother got them for me for my birthday, was Concrete. And Concrete was much more like what I imagined, things that I like about the Hulk, for instance, where it's like, the Hulk... uh, is not a really, if you think about his origin, it's like not really a superhero. True. True. He's like a guy with a problem, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I guess you could say that for a lot of superheroes, but Like someone like Batman is like, there's too much crime in this town, I gotta take it mm-hmm. on. And like Hulk is just a guy who just can't control himself. And he like, and, th- and that is an internal struggle, which is why I went to see all those first versions of the Hulk movies, even though they were bad. I was so glad that Ang Lee did one of right. them because to me, I was like, yo, it's true. Even though that movie wasn't great, I just thought, like, this is not about a guy fighting crime. This is about a guy fighting himself, you know?
1: Well, uh, I mean, to quote, I'll give you some Shakespeare. Uh, Some men are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. And if you look at these different superhero movies, you can categorize Spider-Man and the Hulk didn't have a lot of choice. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. But Concrete is much more interesting because he's a guy who's just, like, the victim of a freak accident, like a Spider-Man kind of thing that turns his body into this like mm. giant hulking body that's just made out of concrete basically. But he doesn't fight crime. He kind of is just like, why did this happen to me? And he's like kind of just walking around. It's very like introspective and existential. And he tries to do, he's like, should I like, you know, he's, he becomes famous, right? Cause everybody, Oh, it's the guy who's made out of concrete. And he goes on talk shows and he starts to kind of like make money going on talk shows and stuff. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. And he's like a failed writer you know he's like wondering he's like is anyone ever going to take no. me seriously as a writer and it's like just like issue after issue after issue of this guy just like not doing anything except like dealing with the reality that was thrust upon him now do i think that's going to be as big as uh, Avengers Endgame no i do not but i think you know now that people understand that comic books are not just one thing right comic books are not just superhero movies they can be lots of things uh, there's, I think, room for someone to develop a character like that, or many other characters from uh, Dark Horse and Dark Horse Presents, which were the too cool for school. I really cause well, I, 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 I
3: can see that cool being like a, I see that being like a miniseries because I think of like <laughs> cool the show Creature. that came from comics and that was a pretty good sh- show on AMC. So I see. Maybe not in movie Mm -hmm. format, but in some kind of like an FX series or a series on Hulu. You know, I'm seeing more, you know, independent, smaller stories that were really popular in their circles becoming more available. Like, I mean, look at Stephen King. They've taken every story possible and they're just making it into a TV show, a movie, anything. And it's like, it's possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hollywood wants source material. It's like I can't believe it took so long for comic books to catch on. Because here's the thing: if they're you're already a storyboarded. Yeah, comic books are like a gift. They're already storyboarded. It's like you already know what shot from what angle. You know what I'm saying? Like you have everything you want, and it's already written as dialogue. You're not even. Can you please tell the
3: director of Dark Phoenix? Like Can you tell him that? That's book. all I'm and gonna say. It. I'm sorry. I had to say that. Like. That's the easiest thing you can do. <laughs> and we had a cartoon animated series of a hey. bunch of episodes. And we still... Okay. That's, Continue, still that's, that's still the
2: best yeah. one.
0: Yeah. Here's another one. This is... I mean, I guess this is a graphic novel. It's not a comic book. Fun Home. Have you guys read this? Alison Bechdel. Um, so, it, you know, it's a graphic novel, right? Because it's about a young woman growing up with her dad. So it's like her memoir... Lots of crazy things happened. It became culty because it's like a very queer book. It's like a woman. uh, I mean, she's a kid, but she grows up to identify as a lesbian. Her dad is like gay her whole life, but in the closet as a kid. But beautiful, beautiful story. But it's like, you know, she decided to write this memoir as, you know, an illustration, a Mm. graphic novel. They made a Broadway show out of it that was a huge hit. I mean, I'm in New York, so I know a lot more about Broadway than most people would. So I wouldn't expect to, you to know, say, "Oh, it's a big off-Broadway hit." Uh, but it's another thing, and and this is true for other graphic novels like um, that don't have superheroes or anything supernatural, like Ghost World. Right, that was just right. about like indie kids.
3: I was like Scott Pilgrim, and that movie was so awesome, and I love that movie, and I think they did a pretty good job in showing that.
1: And I yeah. They Make a lot more indie style movies out of fringe ones. Mm-hmm. I, I think Hack Slash actually could be a huge hit. I mean, they, yeah. the character's a woman and she is gay, but basically mm-hmm. she's just fighting horror monsters with her sidekick, who's basically, <laughs> you know, Freddie or uh, Jason from uh, Friday the 13th.
0: I'm sold. If that's your elevator pitch, I hope you know you get greenlit.
1: My, my wife's favorite comic of all time and her first cosplay was Kabuki. And the hero is female and Japanese in Japan. Um, and that, you know, mm-hmm. it would have to be an independent film, but it would be great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope they do go the way Kat's saying, which is let's develop these on, you know, on Netflix or something as more independent projects.
0: Perhaps the Geek Squad here, the four of us, or whatever we're at Best Buy? Right. Geek Squad already exists. <laughs> I suppose they're the ones who set up your TV from at Best Buy. Yeah, <laughs> whatever we are, the geek Nerd Tribunal, the Geek Tribunal. Geek geek Force, Tribunal Force. Perhaps Geek Force Five or Geek Force Four. <laughs> uh, we could start our own production company and develop some of these uh, some of these superheroes. And some of these comic book characters haven't been developed yes. yet, and video games we apparently. Need to make that since happen. I invented a video game on the air last week, <laughs> uh, so I I hate to say it, but one we're gonna have to yes. hit, put pause on the uh, Toy Story four conversation because I think what I want to do, and now I'm putting Matt on the spot his his breakdown of Toy Story four, and this was not criticism. This was just his analysis was so insightful that I want him to write something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have him write something. Hopefully, we could put it on the site or something because the idea was it has to do with the um, mm. presidential primaries and people running for president and transitions of power and characters that he thought related to some of those archetypes about like, you know, old white men getting out of the that. way and trying to that. let a new generation of leadership come in. Whatever. It's a beautiful story idea. Okay. Even if he doesn't write it, I'm gonna you steal ask it and write it myself. Whatever. And then we can have a different <laughs> you bro, I I steal your idea for it. a high I, high It's up to him. Either either he writes it or I write it, you know, <laughs> I gave you an option. Uh, hopefully, that'll motivate him to write it. So we're gonna table Toy Story 4. Obviously, everybody has different opinions on it. Um, but that was uh, thank thank goodness we had a Toy Story 4 conversation last week because that's what got Matt to call me. And I rarely get out of the blue calls Wait. from Matt. We like text each other. Sometimes we schedule, but this was like an out of the blue call from Matt. He was like, "Yo, what's up? I know it's one o'clock in the morning in New York, but I got it. I just saw Toy Story 4, and I gotta break it down for you. So." Yeah. This is family. This is why we're here today. So uh, thanks for coming on, Matt. I learned a lot. I felt like, you know, like uh, it was like a college class about the history of comics And at some points. Very professorial.
1: Yeah, I well, thank you for having me. It feels like uh, I never thought they'd record any of <laughs> the conversations we have on road trips, but that's what this... Uh...
0: <laughs> it's true. We should be recording on those road trips. Uh, and thanks for coming back, Kat. I'd like to make this some kind of regular um yes i like show that. where we really i'll yeah. be back it's a good dynamic we're a good tribunal whether we're geeks or nerds we we're a good tribunal yeah, or both so if you like uh, and e-mail i'm gonna go i'm gonna wait, go said, watch the other lord of the rings okay so i can wait the wait song. are
2: we Order asking him to watch the, watch hobbit the extended too, no? version
0: swear
2: to god or at least read it no 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 guys no. guys guys uh, okay okay i, I, I to... didn't say the Hob- we'll get you can read the hobbit but don't watch the hobbit.
0: uh so Thanks to everybody, Matt, Kat, Eming, as always, our producer, for making this happen and making it sound good and getting us here on time. Uh, thanks to our listeners, uh, as always. And until next time, Quest On, everybody.
2: This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.